This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome back to uh, the channel and welcome back to another edition of the Spurs Chat Podcast where, of course, Tottenham Hotspur have just beaten Sheffield United 2-1 in the Premier League. This is the best start to a league season for Tottenham Hotspur since 1965. And this is under Ange Postacoglu. Everyone is smiling. Everyone is in such a good mood. I tell you what, I've had such a fantastic day uh, despite the performance today. And, uh, but we certainly got there with the three points. I've got three very special guests to talk about today's game. Back with us is Chris Slegg, of course, works at the BBC, BBC reporter, WSL commentator, author of various books. Chris, thanks for coming back. How are you? Yeah, great to be back. And a lot better than I was 20, 25 minutes ago. I mean, if I was going to be joining here in a, in a terrible mood, I, I really I didn't see us rescuing it. I mean, it's just the sweetest story it could be for it to be. Richarlison with, a, with the equaliser and then the assist for the winner as well after everything that's happened this week. I mean, it's just the perfect script, the perfect way to head into the North London derby and the Liverpool game when it had looked like it was going to be the worst possible way uh, to head into those fixtures. So, yeah, just oh, it's just brilliant. That's, that's why we love football, isn't it? To, to go from despair to joy in, in the space of uh, three or four minutes. Wow. Incredible, incredible. Joining us for the very first time, we've got Michael Cook from that Tottenham feed on Twitter and X. Uh, Michael, thanks so much for joining us. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I was, you know, I, I wasn't about 15, 20 minutes ago. It's pulling me air out, shouting at the ref, shouting at the officials. Uh, but to, to get that ending, you know, if you could hand pick an ending to a game with a Charles and scoring that and getting the assist, yeah. that, that is the perfect tonic for him. He needed that big time. We needed it and he needed it um, to get an important goal. Um, is you know it would do in the world of goods, and for us to get that win just before the North London derby is, is excellent. In the last nine ten minutes, I'm over the moon, absolutely over the moon, absolutely. And also back with us, of course, channel regular actor Ricky Norwood. Rick, how are you, mate? Bruh, buzzing, mate, <laughs> buzzing. 
Fucking mate, come on, you Spurs, come on, you Spurs. What a game, you know, what a game. One of the one of the toughest tests because Sheffield United are one of them teams that just kind of do the low block, put every man behind the ball. And it was gonna be it, it was a it was a it was a question that hadn't been answered yet by Ange Ball and, and this new te- new Tottenham team as yet. Do you know what I mean? And it was gonna be a tough game just because of that factor. And and you saw how we stood up to it, you saw how we persevered with Ange Ball. And you, you can see that belief coming with the boys as well. They're believing not only in uh, in Ange and his new way, but they're believing in each one of their teammates as well. That even at one nil down on eighty-seven minutes, that we can turn the game around and not only score one, but carry on playing the Ange ball way and go and get the winner. I am absolutely buzzing. I cannot wait to get into it today because oh my <laughs> gosh, it could have been it could have been an easy one-one. You know, what I mean? it could. It, we could have held the ball in the corner flag for the, and held on to that 1-1. But my gosh, how the tide has turned, how night has turned today. And we've come away with those three points. And I am, oh, mate, cracker-lacking, buzzing, <laughs> snap, crackle and pop, bruv. Chris, let's start the show with you. Um, of course, it is the best start to a league season for Tottenham since 1965. Can wow. you believe that? Under Ange Postacoglu. No, I mean, it does. It feels like, you know, because we had a, a decent few seasons under Poch as well, that I, I'm kind of surprised by that stat. I have to admit, given the, the kind of relative recent success that we've had, um, it, it, it's just it's an almost perfect start to the season. Yes. I mean, to, to have to be sitting here, we're second in the table right now, as things stand. You know, the only two points dropped against Brentford on the opening day. That, Three of the games away from home. We've only played the two home fixtures. I mean, I, I went to the Man U game and the, the, the atmosphere for the Man U game was the best I've experienced as a fan at the new stadium. A, a lot of the people I go with say it was actually better for the Arsenal game when we won 3-0 under Conte and clinched the Champions League virtually. I was working that night at the, at the ground. So it's it kind of different in the, in the media area. Maybe you're not quite immersed in the same way that you are when you're there as a fan. But what I loved about it was just everyone behind Ange from, from the very start if his tenure, everyone realising this has to be a new start for the club. We have to get fully behind him. And the atmosphere throughout that game. Actually, I love it. I loved it. They did that day with the, the trumpeter playing um, Spurs go marching in before the game. And I thought, is that just a one-off? I heard that they did it again today. And I think that's brilliant to get, to, to turn down the PA and get the whole stadium singing, the whole authentic voice of the supporters. I mean, it's a very, very small factor, but I love it that there's something more authentic about them. Um, the club again now, um, all because of Ange and his mentality and the way that he speaks and the way he, that he gets players believing in himself. Yeah, it's what we saw under Poch. It's what we so desperately needed again. It's what we have. Um, but the way it was turned around today, I thought he's left it too late with his substitutions to wait to the 80th minute. I guess we've got to bear in mind now, a game game is really 10 minutes longer, isn't it, from what we used to be used to because you're nearly always going to have at least 10 added minutes. And for all of the subs to play a role in that turnaround, um, it's brilliant. I mean, I was, I have been fearful actually. We still don't have the depth with it when we bring the substitutions on. It seems to be perhaps when some of the threat goes out of our game, but that was completely the opposite today. Um, as knew the way that Sheffield United were going to play, he knew they were going to be on their last, last legs right at the end. And and all of those subs come on and make an impact like that. I mean, yeah, what a start to the season and just, yeah, just a, just a joyous way to. To head into the North London derby is, is is just perfect. The mood that there will be now throughout this clear week that we have to prepare while Arsenal have got to go and play a Champions League match. Yes, it's against PSV on a, on a Wednesday, but um, you know at least we've got a clear week to prepare. With one buzz, it's perfect. 
Michael, let's come to you. Of course, we'll talk about the game shortly. And of course, at the end of the show, we'll talk about the North London derby. But yeah. how important yeah. was it to win this game going into the North London derby next week? Oh, it's massive. I mean, to lose 1-0 in the manner that we would have lost um, today, if it had finished 1-0, I think it would have been, you know, we'd have been a broken, bit of a broken side going into North London derby. Um, to, to dominate the game and have as many chances, uh, all right, we was a little bit toothless in the box, but to have that many chances and to play as well as we did in the first half and not come away with anything uh, would have been would have been crushing for us. But to turn that around, um, like and like um, Chris said, we're bringing on subs and everyone's involved. Even the celebrations at the end when they're you know pushing Machalas in front of the stands and then clapping him up and all that all that sort of euphoria going into North London derby is going to be absolutely massive. It's a tough place to go, as we know. It's not a ground we get many points on. So, you know, any anything that can build us up before that game is, is you know, I'll take it in a heartbeat. Absolutely. Michael, you spoke there. Um, the connection since Ange Postacoglu has come in at Tottenham, the connection with the fans has been absolutely yeah. incredible. Now, I'm literally um, just metres away from uh, the pitch here at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Now, at the end of the game, as you said there, the, yeah. the, the players celebrating with the fans, the fans really connecting with the players. We haven't seen this for such a long time at the club. It is, it is a great feeling as a fan, isn't it? Yes, definitely is. Like we've seen sometimes where the where the, the connection's not there, um, and it's toxic, and it's it's such a horrible place to be when you're at Tottenham Stadium, and the, and the atmosphere is toxic, and the connection with the players is just not there. But like you said today, and and other games you've, we've seen this season, the connections there. We're, we're like one big family. Um, if we have some, if anyone has a knockdown, we pick them back up. You can see Madison today pointing at Richie and clapping, getting the fans to clap with Charleston, you know. Um, yeah, the connection's massive. Ange Postacoglu's built, rebuilt that connection for us. And it just gives us something to, you know, to, to go on, the fans. You know, all we ask for is, is, is a team that's going to try their artists every week, put out, you know, a performance that we can be proud of, and then we'll get behind them. That is, that is Tottenham fans through and through. Rick, let's come to you. And uh, let me just say, there's nearly 2,000 people watching uh, nine minutes in uh, to this stream. So thank you so much for all of your support. Do hit that subscribe button and press that like button as well. But Ricky, let's come to you. We have recorded, between me and you, we've recorded a lot of uh, podcasts where it's been very difficult to talk about. This season, it's been, it's been really positive and long may this continue. But today, another three points in the Premier League. As I said to Chris, the best start in the Premier well, League in league competition since 1965. Can you believe it? Mate, mate, we never stopped, mate. We never stopped. Like the boss has said, he's said it to the players, he said it to the fans. It's, 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 it's the new, I don't know, it's the new motto, mate. We never stop and you saw that today. I mean, it's just, it's just so nice to, to you know, like I, I will never back us to lose ever, even if we was in, and you know that as well, Chris. Even if we're in a terrible form, and and we, we it looks like we're never going to pick up another point. Every time it comes down to predictions, I never back us to lose. But to have the belief that we can win in every game and up against every single team that we play against, that belief has come back. Do you know what I mean? And it's it's in my chest. You know, a couple of the boys were saying there that you know they they, they went through the emotions today and. Although I was really frustrated with the the refereeing and and the time wasting and that that dark art that the, that Sheffield United were putting on the field, I was pretty calm. I was I was calm. I was breathing. The missus came in at about seventy seventy five minutes, and she was like, "Oh, she just as they scored actually," and she was like, "Oh, did Tottenham score?" And I was like, "No, nah, babe, they've just scored." And she's like, "Oh, okay," and I was like, "Don't worry." 
we've still got time. And because I started, you know, I, I can see with my own eyes and my heart and my soul that we are never going to stop playing this way. We are never going to stop fighting and we're never going to stop moving forward. You know, there's one thing seeing a, a, a team that can play, you know, technical, fast-paced football, on the front foot. There's one thing seeing that. But to see that, you know, coupled with the fight and the grit and the determination that you would have to have to face Sheffield United today and that you would have to have to come out with three points because of the, 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 the way that, and the style in which they were playing, that, that just, that, that, it just gives me another lift. It gives me another lift. And I just, I'm loving this new team. I'm loving Ange Postacoglu. I'm loving the, the defence, the midfield and the up front. I'm loving the energy that these boys have created. This fresh new energy. Do you know what I mean? And I'm loving the fans. You can hear that their fans are loving it too. They, they were picking up all the boys. They were singing throughout the whole match. You know, there was one little quiet period after, after they scored. But apart from that, they was like, no, let's go again. Because they could see that the boys wanted to go again. And this is what is like, this is what I'm loving right now. I don't care. Even if we would have lost that today, I would have said, do you know what? The boys played until the very last second. They, they dropped every bit of sweat and bl uh, blood and tears that they could drop out and left it out all onto the field. And all right, cool. You know, Sheffield United got a dodgy goal. Do you know what I mean? I, I, and I would have been all right with that. You, you know, I wouldn't have been super angry. I would have been more angry with the officials and, and the time-wasting element of it. But I wouldn't have been angry at the players or the boys because you can see the effort and you can feel the effort. And as soon as we can see them loving the shirt, that's when the crowd go mental and just keep roaring them on. I'll tell you what, Ricky, big, big, uh, a, big, uh, a big up to um, James Black, um, who sings at the stadium. I was in the East Stand before the game, um, entertained the crowd. Unbelievable. He was on the channel last week, of course, and he's a channel regular. But um, the atmosphere before the game and even at the final whistle there, as Ange Postecoglou was going down the tunnel, uh, the whole of the stadium for the very first time that I've witnessed was singing the big Ange Instead song, which was an incredible feeling. No, uh, the, could, the video's just been uploaded to YouTube, so do check that out after this stream. Chris, let's come to you. Um, now, the match stats today, um, possession, Spurs had 70% of the ball, Sheffield United 30%, shots 28 to Sheffield United 7, shots on target 10 to Sheffield United 5, corners 15, Sheffield United 2, and fouls 13 to Sheffield United 14. Um, Chris, this might be a very obvious question, but what have you made of Tottenham since Ange Postacoglu has come in, and what do you think he's really changed at the club? I think it genuinely is all stemming from the mentality of it. I mean, just as you've touched on there, things like the atmosphere. I I, I genuinely believe that plays a part for players. It certainly plays a part mm. for fans. When, when you've got everyone, it feels like, it pretty much feels like a club again. I know there's a lot of, there'll still be a lot of ill feeling from many sections of support about the very top of the hierarchy. And perhaps that might start to change just a little bit. I think later this week, they are going to meet some fans, aren't they? The, the board, Daniel Levy, which hasn't happened for a very long time. But below that tier to actually have the players, the manager, the fans all on side, all wanting the same thing, that we haven't had that since the Poch era. And I think so much comes down to that. Throughout Conte's time, none of those players could be themselves. You know, they, they had to play within themselves. They weren't allowed to be as good as they can be because of the methods they had to strictly... <coughs> Here too. Now, you, you think that most players are like most fans. They want to enjoy football. They want to enjoy playing. They want to be able to 
express themselves. They want to feel that they have a chance, even if they're not in that first 11. They, you know, unless a player's doing something seriously wrong, behaving wrongly, then they've got to be given a chance. And, and the fact that Ange, again, has made, uh, you know, the, the striking similarities are, uh, sorry to harp on about Poch, but the fact that you can come in and, and embrace all those players and immediately we, we can see like a 10, 20%, 50% improvement in pretty much all of them. I mean, it just it just speaks volumes. I mean, I could never understand how Basuma wasn't involved at all. Yes. <laughs> I mean, what a, what a player. And we've seen that again today in, in his performance, certainly in the first half. Um, it's just getting players believing in themselves again. And I mean, I was listening, couldn't get a feed of the game anywhere. I was listening on BBC Radio London, brilliant commentary from Nick Godwin. Mayhem when the winner went in, someone grabbed his mic, which I wouldn't condone at all, but it just thumbs up. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know, just just the craziness at the end of that game. But, but, but they were making the point. Him and his co-commentator Paul Mortimer used to play for Charlton. That Ange was just calm throughout. You know, the minutes are ticking over. He knows when he's going to bring those subs on. He's no, he knows they've still got time. He, he still has faith in those players, and he remained calm. And I have to admit, I, I kind, I've kind, I had kind of given up. I was impressed with what I heard of, of the first half. The second half, it started in such a um, stultified way. We had that long delay from Fodring, the goalkeeper, who thankfully was you know, punished in the ultimate way for all of his time wasting and the way the result went. But at the start of that second half, when it may have been genuinely a head injury, and obviously it has to be stopped and checked, but it seems like Sheffield United were playing a bit of a game there and, oh, we're going to bring the replacement keeper on and then it doesn't happen. So you've got that very slow start to the second half. Then you had this weird thing with second ball that kept coming onto the bit pitch. Now, I don't know what was happening where, whether there was a ball. Yeah. Well, I didn't quite understand what they were supposed to be doing. I don't know. It seems very strange that that happened. Really delayed it. And I just thought Sheffield United, yeah, done the classic thing. I mean, they've been such a bogey team for us, haven't they? The, the last team of the, the Poch era with a one-all draw. Then we had that one under Mourinho in the early COVID era when Mora got pulled up for the handball that should never really have been given. And we lost that game 3-1. Then they knock us out of the FA Cup last season, I just thought this is this is kind of it. But, but Andrew's got that calmness. He's got that coolness. The players have got belief in him. He's got belief in the players. So, yeah, I, going back to your question, it's a change of mentality. And that can change everything. And at the moment, it really has. And, yeah, I know not every day is going to be like this, but I just feel like we're more we're more equipped now as a fan base and a, as a player base to, to cope when we do get the next setback, whenever that might be, hopefully a long way off. Yeah, Craig writes here, um, he's given um, some comments here from Brennan Johnson, who, of course, made his Tottenham Hotspur debut from the sub-bench in the second half. He said, today just showed how much of a dream come true it is for me to be here and playing games like this. I'm so happy right now. Michael, let's come to you. Have you ever known a manager to come in at any football club, um, you know, especially mm -hmm. Tottenham Hotspur, to, to change things so quickly and be successful so quickly and get the fans on board so quickly? No, I haven't, to be honest. And and it's not just coming to a side that was okay. It was a it was fractured. It was a dressing room that was fractured. The fan base was slightly fractured. Um, so to come in and heal and 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 fix that in in four or five games, plus a turbulent preseason as well. Uh, we didn't get off to the best start with our preseason, did we? Let's be honest. But to come in and do that in four or five games and and bed in three, four, five new signings as well, who have just took on his mentality and and the way he wants to play and just run with it like Madison and even Solomon today. Solomon was constant, constant, constant all game today. Um, so for, for new signings uh, and, and the players that have been here previously to take that mentality on, it's credit to Ange Postecoglou. He's done a phenomenal job so far and long may it continue. 
Ricky, let's come to you. Um, your thoughts on the game as a whole, because there were a few frustrated fans in the first half, thinking that we've got we had chances, but we didn't uh, we didn't score. What your over, what's your overall assessment? It, look, today was always going to be a tough game. That's what I'm saying. It was going to be one of those tests, and you could see that throughout the game. You know what I was what I was in what I noticed at the beginning was the the pitch seemed to be slippy. There was about three, four players that slipped in the first five minutes on that on the field, and that could have created some problems. You know, I, I saw Vicario catch a cross, which I was I've been looking out for, and he he caught it with both hands, and I was like, okay, he's been working on that as well. So that was a great thing to see in the first half. But the chances that we did create, they were almost like, they, 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 they wasn't hit cleanly. You know, they was almost mm. scuffed. And the, the, the build-up play and to get into their box when we did get one, like Basuma had one, like Sonny had one, Madison had a shot as well, where they would, and Solomon as well, where they were just kind of like, they just didn't catch it cleanly enough to get any real power on them. Some of the headers went wide as well. So it was just that little final touch that we was waiting for. But we dominated the game. We dom we had we were the ones playing football. We played it in there half the majority of the time. You know, uh, uh, Vicario was hardly troubled at all throughout the whole game. Um, when it come down to that second half, I did, even though I was calm, I did have that feeling when we had the time wasting with the goalkeeper, when everyone's got cramped suddenly, when some, you know, when you're getting subs, but you're going to stay on the pitch and go, oh no, actually, can I have some physio before I leave the pitch? And I thought that that kind of tactic, which was to not only time waste, but to break up our rhythm. They could see that we were playing one touch. We was playing, getting crosses onto into the box. We was getting corners. We was getting, we was getting everything, and we, we were taking long shots, short shots, and, and it was getting blocked left, right, and centre. Yeah. You know, the the I was looking at it and thinking to myself, how are these defenders blocking everything? But it wasn't just the defenders; it was the whole team. So when one didn't slide tackle and do a block, there was somebody behind him that got their head on it or got their knee on it, and and just kept, you know, chucking it away, and you know. Credit to them, that was their game plan and, and it was working for a long time. But it really did frustrate me when all of this time wasting and all of this kind of, you know, the dark arts and, you know, Mourinho would probably be proud of those, those teams. You know, <laughs> you know, when he said that we were too nice, I think he would have loved Sheffield United. Maybe that's his next job, who knows? But, um, but yeah, it, that did start to get frustrating. And you could feel that, you know, once they got the goal, that if they can suck the energy out of the stadium and out of the players, that this could easily be a 1-0 loss right now because they were playing that game and their game plan had worked up until that time. But like I said, man, and like the boss has said, we never stop. We don't stop. We believe in our way. We believe in in the players to the left, to the right, and to the front and, at the, and behind us. Do you know what I mean? Trust in your team. Trust in the way of playing. Trust in the technical ability that you have and trust in your fight. Get that fire in your belly and go for the fight as well as the technical side. My gosh, did we come out on top? So when we got that first one, I was elated, overjoyed for Richarlison. Like the boys have already said there, you know, it was written for him. And I, and I, at about 75 minutes, just after they scored, I was like, bring him on, bring him on, bring him on. So when they'd done that a couple of minutes later, I was like, all right, here we go. Here we go. And, thank, you know, he, he had a, a little bit of a scuffed chance. Uh, I think like a little bit of a header that went, you know, just off the top of his head. And I was like, oh, is that going to be his only chance? But thankfully, it wasn't. So the best person in the bloody world ground, the one that, you know, and the Tottenham fans have come out this week 
since they heard, and it is very brave, and I don't want to, I don't want the word brave to sound demeaning, but it's very brave of anybody that's in a state to be able to open up, not only to their friends and to their family, but to put it out there publicly. Do you know what I mean? Because it can be taken positively and negatively, and it can be used against you as well. But the Tottenham fans have rallied round, and not only us lot, the whole club and the players and his, you know, his mates and everyone has rallied round him and he's taken responsibility. Do you know what I mean? He's admitted it to himself. Now that that monster's out of the cage, he can look at it and deal with it. And he can deal with it head on. And did he deal with it head on this this afternoon? My gosh, mm. he put his head on it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> when And he's an emotional player. And you could see that every single fan in the, in the stadium was behind him they were roaring for him every single player on that pitch were like Tottenham players anyway they were all slapping him you know they were giving him that energy and you could I I, I felt at that point then he's gonna go on and score another one he's gonna go on and score another one he didn't score the other one but he set it up didn't he mm. do you know what I mean he had some fantastic touches and play to get that ball in there pass it to who scored who's got the second one Kulu. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I forgot. Um, pass it to Kulu, and what a kind of dribbling shot that was, man. Mm. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. But, uh, bro, so the whole game for me, like I say, like I was just so kind of enthusiastic at not only the way that we're playing, not only do we continue to play when the chips are down, but we continue to believe in ourselves uh, 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 to go and get that win. We didn't settle for the 1 1, we carried on, we kept pushing, and we got what we deserved for all of those frustrations, for all of those dark hearts for all of those time-wasting, for all of the tactics that Sheffield United wanted to put on the field, for all of those things, we deserved to come away with those three points. Do you know what I mean? And I'm so happy that they gave us the 12 minutes, stroke mm. 15 minutes extra time, and we went on and we didn't settle for a job, but we got the winner. So, bro, I'm elated. Chris, with this uh, squad and with this team and with Postacoglu at the moment, what can Spurs achieve realistically this season? Uh, at the start of the season... <clears throat> I, I was thinking seventh or eighth. I, I, I didn't. I've, I've probably become a little bit too negative myself because you, you do kind of forget what some of these players are capable of. I mean, I mean, Son Son's now the captain, right? He still hasn't got back to his very, very best, but already he's been much better this season mm. than we saw last season. Like I say, Basuma not even involved last season. Uh, look at look at the quality that there is in Saar. You know. I'm I'm quite a fan of Skip, but but Sar is you know well above the quality that he has in so many facets of his game. Um, I, I I'm reassessing it. I wasn't convinced with the signing of Vicario. Actually, I'll be honest. I don't know a lot about him. He lo- he looked a bit too sl- a bit too slight to me to be like a, a Premier League goalkeeper. But clearly, completely fits in with the way that Ash wants to play. He's got better with each game. Didn't have a lot to do today. He made one very good save, didn't he? Um, so I'm kind of reassessing um, the sign, the quality of the signings. I think we've had a decent window. I'm, I'm reassessing what we already had and actually um, the talent that is there. But I think so many of those players have just lied dormant because they were kind of sick of the way they had to play under Conte. It must have been a really negative. You know, I felt so detached from the club the last time I was on your show. I think it was after the one-all draw with Everton. I'm sure a lot of the players felt the same way. You know, there was that possibility uh, uh, unsubstantiated that Romero was saying he would leave if if um if Conte was was still there um you've got players of that quality wanting out because of the just how negative the atmosphere 
Phil, so I'm, I'm reassessing it. I don't want to get too carried away. I mean, it's been a... We've played more away games than home games. It's been a fairly, you know, favourable start given the, the quality of the opposition. You'd expect Sheffield United, Bournemouth, Burnley to be kind of in the lower third of the table, wouldn't you? Brentford are a decent team. Man United, obviously, for all their faults at the moment, you know, they're one of the biggest clubs in the Premier League. So, um, not been an easy start. Hasn't been the hardest start. I mean, the next two weeks are going to tell us a lot, aren't they? The next really going to tell us a lot, but we couldn't be going into that in a, in a better place. I wouldn't have expected us to be sat here with 13 points, second in the table right now. I thought we'd have dropped more points than that. So I'm reassessing it now. I'm thinking, can we, yeah, I don't want to say it because I, I genuinely didn't, I wouldn't have thought there was a hope at all when the season kicked off that we'd be pushing for the top four. I didn't see that could happen in Angie's first season. Um, just maybe now I'm beginning to believe there might be a chance of that. Um, so yeah, who knows? I mean, my the other game I've been to this season, I went, so I went to the Man U game, brilliant. I went to the Fulham game, and obviously that was so dispiriting. It's it's, it's the one misstep that Ange has made to make nine changes. I think that was too many, and I think that's a real shame because when you're asking me there, what can we achieve this season? I think it would have been wonderful to try and win the League Cup. You know, mm -hmm. we still got a chance in the FA Cup. I really want to see us take that seriously. Look, you're not going to field your, your first team fully. No club does that. Not even clubs in League One or the Championship field their full team in the cups anymore it doesn't happen i get that okay you've got to prioritize the premier league or whatever division you're in but i would have i would have loved him to only make maybe three or four or five changes in that game and that we would still have a chance of winning a trophy because what a way that would be for a first season you know we're, we're not going to win the premier league we could push for a top four hopefully but to have seen that one path for a trophy closed down so early on in that you know in the first round was a real shame. Um, I hope, you know, by the time the FA Cup third round comes around, he might be feeling a little more confident. He might feel he, he's bedded in more. His players are bedded in more. He might be able to go for it because I'd love it. I'd love a decent cup run. I'd, I'd love to see this trophy drought ended and ended in style. That's a good thing now. If a trophy drought does end, it's going to be in style because that's the way we're going to play under it. And, you know, I I kind of began to sell my soul as a Tottenham fan when we appointed Mourinho and, and Conte. And I was like, yeah, do you know what? Winning a trophy has never been all about it for me as a Tottenham fan at all. I've always been more about just, just going and enjoying the games. I have for the majority of the time I've supported Tottenham because we, we usually have managers who played the right way. But even I had thought, do you know what? If we can just bring someone in and just win a trophy, get this hoodoo off our back, I'll kind of be up for it. But actually, it's been such a depressing three or four years that just a, if you can call it an experiment, it was awful. And it's kind of reminded me of what I love in football and what I love in Tottenham and why I became a Tottenham fan in the first place. So I know that we're kind of going to, you know, if it doesn't happen, we're still going to be trying to do it the right way. A bit like Ricky's just been saying there that, you know, that's kind of the essence of the club, the essence of the Tottenham we've kind of all fallen in love with. So that's a good thing. We're, we're, we're going to try our darndest to, to win in style. Yeah, I might start to reassess it rather than being like, oh, I think we're going to be seventh, eighth. Maybe I'll go start saying now sixth, fifth. Maybe we can push for fourth. But I, I do think... The next two weeks is, is going to tell us a lot, isn't it? Arsenal away from home, all looking really, really good now. So, um, yeah, I don't want to get too carried away too early on, but certainly feeling a lot more positive than I was before we kicked the ball. I agree, Chris. That Arsenal game next week is uh, absolutely pivotal. And, of course, Liverpool at home as well. Two very difficult games. Michael, let's come to you. Um, are you getting carried away? Should I be getting a carried away? Because when you, <laughs> when you think of times under Pochettino... When you think of uh, times under Jose Mourinho when we beat Manchester United 6-1 away, 
You know, mm. many people thought we were title contenders that season. And of course, many people were very positive under Antonio Conte when he first started. Um, what's going to be different under Ange Postacoglu? And, and, and as I say, are you getting carried away? I'm not getting carried away. I think I've got no... When the season started, I had no expectation for Spurs this season. I just wanted to see change. I wanted to see better football. And I wanted to see a bond between the fans and the players again. And it, it, so far, he's delivering that at the moment. Um, so I've got no expectation in terms of like longer term. I just want to keep going the way we're going. I'm going to keep my feet on the ground. Like like uh, Chris said, we've got Arsenal away next week, Liverpool to come. Uh, they're the real acid test for me. It shows where this is going to show the level we're at. Um, like I said, if we can get through those two games um, with some points, then, you know, buzzing. Um, but now I'm keeping my feet on the ground. You know, it's, it's been a tremendous start and it's been great on and off the pitch. I just think we need to keep our heads and our feet on the ground, um, take one game at a time and just keep playing the football we're playing. I think with Ange Postacoglu, I don't think he will let us get carried too carried away. I think that's his personality and his mentality. Um, he said it numerous times before, it's one game at a time. It's, we're still in the infancy of this of this rebuild. Um, so for me, let's just, let's just take it one game at a time and, and, and try and get as many points as we can to see where we end up. I do agree with Chris, though. I think, you know, obviously, and I think every Spurs fan would agree, we need a cut run. So the FA Cup is absolutely huge when that starts in January for us. Um, and if we can go a long way in that or even get to the final and try and win it, then, then that's great. Um, if I was asked for a prediction on a league finish now, I don't see why Spurs couldn't get fifth. I don't see why not. You know, if we can add to that squad in January as well and, and give it one more push at the end of the season, I don't see why fifth couldn't be out of our sort of grasp. Um I think that is, is, is that going to be Champions League football this year? I've been hearing that fifth potentially could be Champions League football. So, you know, for me, that's the target. Uh, you know, if we can get, you know, in that top five, then, then that's, a, that's an unbelievable season, considering that he's just started um, and, and rebuilt this squad for me. Um, but yeah, one game at a time. Let's just keep our feet on the ground. Michael, I don't want to put any negativity on this podcast <laughs> whatsoever, particularly with the league start that we've had. Um, but yeah. do you think that Ange Postacoglu will start the FA Cup run differently to how he started the Carabao Cup run. Yeah, 100%. For me, he's, you know, nine changes was was criminal, to be honest. Um, I was so disappointed in that game because, like Chris said, the, the League Cup is a cut that we should be targeting to win um, to get to get a trophy in the cabinet. Um, I don't think he'll make that mistake again. And I think we will know a lot more about our squad by, by the time the FA Cup comes around. Um, you may see if one or two, three, four changes, but nothing like we did in the Carabao Cup um, a few weeks back. Um, it's got to be something we take seriously. We've got to go out and try and win the FA Cup now. Ricky, let's come to you. Now, an unchanged team from the last time that we played in the Premier League. Vicario in goal, the back four of Poro, Romero, Van der Ven, Udogi. Uh, in midfield, Saar, Pasuma and Madison. And in the front three of Kulisevsky, Solomon and Son. Uh, subs today, Forster, Dyer, Davis, Royale, Hoybier, Skip, Perisic, Rasharlison. And Johnson, of course, Johnson made his Premier League debut for Tottenham Hotspur in the second half. Um, Dyer back on the bench, having not been in any of the first team squads um, this season. Um, any surprises there for you? Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, 
When it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Um, not, not really. First and foremost, it's good to keep a winning side together. You know what I mean? Especially after the international break where, you know, there's been a lot of that side that's been broken up. They've gone and played for their, for their respective countries and then they've come back at a couple of days training. And so just to keep those patterns of play, keep those, that, that understanding of who's running where and who's crossing over where. So we just had a little bit of that continuity. So it was great to go back in with the, first, the, the same starting 11 um, to, to begin with. Dyer being on the bench is, uh, I suppose, the surprise of the, mm. uh, 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 of the whole kind of team sheet, um, you know, especially when Ashley Phillips has, has been on the bench previously. But if you think about it, it actually makes sense uh, for a side against someone like Sheffield United, who are not blessed with pace, up front, um, having somebody solid like Eric Dyer, who can, you know, who can put his head on things and he's not afraid of a fight and he's not afraid of a bit of aggression or, or anything like that. If worst came to worst in that scenario against that type of side, well, then I think you could have brought, it, it, it's probably better to bring Eric Dyer off the, off of the bench than it is a young boy in Ashley Phillips who could maybe, maybe I don't know, because I haven't seen much, but maybe could get bullied or maybe could get suckered into a, a silly yellow card or, you know, possibly a red or something like that. So that's the surprise of it. But I think the biggest surprise since the announcement of the squad has been the fact that Hugo's not on the bench. Do you know what I mean? So you you, you include Hugo in a 25-man squad. We, we know that, okay, Hugo's time is on, on his way out and, and, and his time's pretty much up at Spurs. But he's still a quality keeper. You know, to have him on the bench as a number two isn't a bad option. But, you know, he didn't do that. He's put Forster on the bench, which, again, says a lot, you know. Uh, Forster's going to be the number two. It, he's the, that's his cemented position. And Hugo's going to be, you know, left at the train, training ground most weeks and, and, unless Forster's injured or unless something else goes go goes awry you know so those are the surprising things about about the the starting 11 in the bench for me but it was just good to see again it was just good to see a bit of continuity it's good to see those those players uh you know continuing that trust mm. continuing to build that relationship continuing that understanding of who's going where and it's also it's like continuing to trust those that come off the bench whoever that's going to be to for, for them to come off the bench you know perisic has come off the bench and done really well uh, every time he's come onto the field, you know, Hoiberg, for all these critics, and I'm not one of them, but for all these the crit criticism that he does get, he is a solid professional player that knows how to do the job that's asked of him. And when he's not running to the ground, as he has been over the last three, four years, then maybe those sub-appearances when he comes on to do a specific job, maybe he's got more legs in him and more energy and, and, and more kind of, mental capacity to do the job that he's got to do and find a player and et cetera, et cetera, you know, but we're starting to have options and to have somebody like Brennan Johnson come off the bench today. You know I mean, we only saw a glimpse of his speed today, 
but you could see he's got it yeah. and he's got a you know he's got a dynamite touch already you know he, he, we didn't get to see too much but the bits that we did i was kind of like oh this boy's going to be a player and the he's offside goal as well yeah the offside, the offside goal. goal yeah he took it well yeah it's unlucky took yeah. it took it so well mm. and it, it, you know this is just the kind of hint of what's to come from him and the fact that also that was what was surprising to me as well when the first sub come on they took off Saar, didn't they? And and I think they put Kulazeski. Well, it's very fluid anyway, so everyone's play, everyone's playing everywhere. But I think they put Kulazeski into midfield with Madison, and then put Brennan on the wing, um, which was I was kind of like, oh, okay. So again, it was another forward momentum push. Do you know what I mean? It's like again, we're not stopping and we're not conceding this defeat or this game right here, right now. We're going to continue because mm-hmm. we never stop and we're going to make it happen. So that's th- those are the things that I was looking at and kind of going. That is actually quite interesting. I I kind of go all right and fine. I and and do you know what? Stay true. Whatever the boss wants, I'm behind right now because everything he touches at the moment is turning to gold. Do you know what I mean? And every time that he puts trust in a the player, they're turning up. Like like uh, the boys have said there. I think it was Chris that mentioned it earlier that the the ones that were in the squad last year we're getting another 20 to 50% increase in their performance, their attitude, their ability. And and that comes from the manager. That comes from the manager going, you know, it's on me. You know, and we've heard him say that many a time. Go out there and play. Go out there and express yourselves. It's on me. He said it to the young boys as well, you know, uh, to your doggy and to uh, Mickey van der Ven, to Pat Saar. You know, go out there and express yourselves. Go out there and play your game. Go out there and play without any fear. If anything goes wrong, I'll take it. It's on me because those are my, my instructions. And you can see that and you can see how those boys are loving it and how they're together on it. You know, they're together on it. There's no individuals. You, you could easily give that whole team man of the match. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So th- that's where we're going. And, and that's what's really exciting to me. Um, and then when it comes down to belief with, with the team, or where they're going to finish or anything like that. You've got to listen to the boss and what he said. And I loved what he said during the week. No ceilings, no floors. And that's where I am right now. I'm like, no ceilings, no floors. There's no restrictions being put on this team. Why shouldn't they, you know what I mean, aim for the league and or, or aim for uh, the FA Cup? You know, like, like, go. Push yourselves as far as you can go. And then wherever we, if we don't finish number one spot, then second, third, fourth, fifth, will be a beautiful thing. Do you know what I mean? But keep going. Take it one game at a time. But no ceilings, no flaws. Believe in your team. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the win. Do you know what I mean? Because we have been in the doldrums and we have not been... Even when we have won last year, we did, we couldn't even enjoy that game. Did anybody want to watch the highlights back if they watched the whole game uh, with a Conte side last year? No. 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 There was times that we won and I, I watched the game like this. Do you know what I mean? Like... So, so the times have changed. The the, the tide is, is shifted. You know, we're going in this new direction. And just believe in the boys. Every week, if they can have... And this is one of the advantages. We're, we are an elite side right now that are growing, growing, growing. The whole side uh, are kind of... They've all got something to prove. The manager's got something to prove. Tottenham Hotspur, the club, the badge have got something to prove. You've got to remember what they were singing to us last year. Who gets battered every week? Well, I'm telling you something. It's not us no more. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's a difference in this side. You, uh, the, the freshness and everybody believing in Ange and all of that stuff, it, it, no ceilings, no flaws. 
Go for it every week. We haven't got midweek games. We haven't got Europe. The rest of these sides that are fighting for something have. If we can put out performances with technical, fast-paced, quick football, plus fight and grit, I mean, the sky's the limit for, for, for us. So, I'm not getting carried away, though. You are. <laughs> I'll tell, tell you what, I love Ange Postacoglu at the moment, and I love the Ricky Norwood on this podcast this season, because you're super positive, Rick. Um, Postacoglu on his brand of exciting football, he's just come out and said, it's not just that I believe it will get you success, which I believe it will, uh, but I also think it says a lot about you as a football club because it requires bravery and courage. Uh, on the atmosphere, he said, uh, we felt it from the Shakhtar Donetsk and Manchester United games. This is only our second home game, but games like this can go a long way to creating an atmosphere here. Chris, I'm sorry to keep going on about Ange Postacoglu and uh, you know the, the exciting football and the, and the change that he has brought to this football club, but you know, you've even written books back in the day about uh, you know, the 94-95 season and the likes of Ozzy Ardiles and Jerry Francis. Um, have you ever known a manager to, to have this so much, you know, so much impact so quickly? Well, I'll tell you, when I wrote that book, it was it was just before, um, or it was, it was in the first Poch season. And I, and I, at that stage, it's almost 20 years on. I was like, I haven't enjoyed a season, a full season as much. And so, you know, it occurred to me, we didn't win anything in that 94-95 season, but I loved it. You know, I love the way we started under Aussie. Yeah, it was it was reckless, really, and he paid the price because we were too attacking. Um, Jerry Francis, I know a lot of people look back at the end, like the, the duration of his career, and it did, did get too negative. It did get too defensive towards the end of it. But for the rest of that season, he got the balance spot on pretty much the rest of that season. We defended really well, but we still attacked uh, with flair. And I, I enjoyed nearly every game until the very last few of that season. It was a great season. I didn't really have a season like that again until Poch took over. You know, even in the, in the interim, we did win a League Cup under George Graham. Great day at Wembley. I'll never forget it. Injury time winner, but terrible season. And again, under Ramos, 2008. I'll never forget. What a wonderful day. I thank both those managers for that day, for being at Wembley to see us win a trophy. Love it. But yeah. the football they largely played wasn't great. Didn't really enjoy the seasons. It was only Poch that brought that kind of week in, week out, feel-good factor and then we haven't had that again until now. Um, and I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't convinced um, Ange was going to be the right choice. I remember I was lucky enough to interview Pat Nevin back at the start of the summer. You know, football um, analyst who used to play for Chelsea, Scotland, great player, also a really good pundit. I really, you know, really insightful. And he was like the best person you could get, definitely Ange Postecoglou. And I was like, but you know, I trust Pat Nevin's judgment. He's right about most things, and you know, so it has proved. Um, it's just. Yeah, I mean, that the comment he said there about the atmosphere, it's, it's crazy to think we've only played two home games. We've only played two home games. And, you know, White Hart Lane, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, it's, it's never been a fortress, has it? It's, it's, it's had its great moments. It's great. But it, it'd be great if we can get that. I mean, there's only one season I've ever had, and it was under Poch. I think it was, it was a farewell season, wasn't it, when we were unbeaten at home all season. And that's the only time by halfway through that season – I went along knowing we were going to win most games. Mm -hmm. When you know, when it was against the likes of Sheffield United, Burnley, Bournemouth, those kind of teams, you know, whoever was, and I knew we're, we're going to win because every single player knows what they're supposed to be doing. They buy into the manager, and the manager trusts them all, and that's the only time I've, felt, I've, I've ever felt it. And and yeah, just being at that Man U game a few weeks back, feeling that atmosphere for the first time for me that I felt that atmosphere at the new stadium uh, as a fan, and. Um, and to have that back, I just, I just think what he's talking about there about bringing that atmosphere back, it is, it's so, so key to have that running through the entire club. 
And, you know, the fact that Richarlison could come out and speak so openly and honestly this week about what he's going through, you know, perhaps you, we've maybe we've seen that today. Wow, he's been able to talk about it. He's been able to talk about it. And he's come off the bench and scored only his second Premier League club since jo- goal since joining Tottenham and then set up the winner. Um, to be in an environment where he feels that his manager is going to have his back, his teammates, the fans are going to have his back, and he can say, I'm going through something here, right? It's tough. Um, he's in an environment amongst an atmosphere where he's, he feels he can do that. And that's helped him as a player. And that isn't the most important thing. The most important thing is his health, his mental health as a man, as a human being. But it's also helped him do his job as a player. So there's just so much to be positive about right now. Um, that we've, we've all seen in the past, things can crash and burn. They can change really, really quickly in football. And we, we've all been sitting in a very different mood if... But for well, that when, when was the equaliser? Ninety plus seven, ninety plus five, yeah, ninety-eight, it's, it's ninety plus. <laughs> it's it's kind of bonkers, you know, to to be that close to um to the worst possible feeling and sitting here still unbeaten, second in the league. Um, and the other thing, I'm I'm so pleased that they were punished Sheffield United for the time wasting. I don't know how much longer this time wasting rules gonna they'll be able to do it because I think there is gonna be more of a pushback about player welfare, you know, having this every, it's different in the World Cup when it's seven games maximum, but to do this every week, players are going to start to understandably complain and managers are too, especially when someone's going to get a serious injury at some point in the eighth minute of added time or whatever. But, it's, but it is, I think they need to find a different way to do it somehow, but, it, but it's great to see that what Sheffield United were trying to do and, you know, it's usually goalkeepers as well who are mm-hmm. kind of the catalyst for it. Um that they've been punished for it and that we've fully reaped it. And I saw another quote you put up, Postacoglu saying, you know, I, I, I held my subs back because I knew there was going to be an awful lot of added time. Um, you know, he's cotton on to it. I don't think everyone has yet. I don't think every team, every player, every manager has quite worked out now. You know, a game really is 100 minutes, isn't it? I mean, 105 minutes. If anything, I can't believe there was only three minutes in the first mm. half because yeah. they were already at it then. So, um, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that they were they were caught out on that, and yet just just so much to be positive about. And I I love the way the atmosphere has, has just transformed at the new stadium, and um, I think that that really does make a difference uh, to ha- to have that from the off, and to have that to have the fan base fully behind. You know, whatever's look, I get it. Not not every fan can go to games for very many re- reasons, but I saw a lot of negative stuff about Ange on, online, and I know when he took over, I'm like, you've got to give someone a chance, but. There on the match day, every single person from the off behind the new manager. And that that's, was great to see. That atmosphere ahead of Manu was just awesome. And it carried on throughout the game, which is pretty rare, throughout the game. It didn't let up. So I hope as a fan base, we can keep that going and make Tottenham Hotspur Stadium the place it deserves to be. You know, it's a wonderful stadium. I don't think we've quite yet got to a place until now where the atmosphere has been great. So, uh, actually, what was it like today, Chris? What, what um, you know, what... superb. I'll tell you what. From from minute I arrived and I was here early, um, everyone was buzzing. Everyone was really looking forward to it, and that is the difference. Everyone is going to the stadium now, expecting to be entertained, uh, which of course we have been so far. And I, I've never ever known it. And all the in all the time that I've uh, gone to Tottenham games home and away, I've never known the expectation to just be. Um, that we're going to be entertained every single game so mm-hmm. early on in a, in, in a manager coming in, which is absolutely fantastic. But um, going back to your point about the um, the times of the goals, Richarlison was in the 98th minute 
Kulusevsky was in the 100th minute of the game. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see the, the season going forward, um, you know, with the amount of added time. Um, Michael, let's come to you. Um, in the ninth minute, let's go on to the uh, match incidents. In the ninth minute, uh, Pape Matassar had a shot on target, uh, shot the goalkeeper. What have you made of Pape Matassar so far this season for Tottenham? Yeah, he's been bright. He's, he's come in. I mean, we see glimpses of, of Pape Sar, didn't we? Um, and, and saw the quality that he's got, um, you know, AC Milan away, one that stands out for me. Um, but we've seen the quality he's got. He's come in, he's took his opportunity very well. Um, not sure how it would have been if Benton Kerr never got injured with his opportunity, but it's, it's come and he's took it well. Um, it looks like he's got a great partnership with Basuma. I think both of those in there, they, they, they fill me with a bit of confidence. They're composed. Um, I think he's going to get better and better as he goes along, uh, especially under Hans Postacoglu. Uh, I like I like his stature. I like the way he gets to the balls when he shouldn't really get there. He gets a toe in there. Um, he's, got, he's always got his head up. He's always on a swivel. His passing's good. He does arrive in the box. He does get shots away from the edge of the box. He had one today uh, or a couple today. Uh, but yeah, so far, so good. I've been really impressed with him. I think he adds something different to our midfield if we need it once Benton Kerr's back. Michael, also Basuma, Chris mentioned earlier, um, Basuma under Antonio Conte. Um, mm. He just seemed to be like a new signing as well under yeah. Ant Postacoglu. What have you made of him this season? Superb. He, he plays like he's over the part of his mates. He strolls around, he, he drifts across the pitch. He's, he's elegant. Um, but when he needs to be firm and, and assertive, he is. He, he always looks for that little... What I didn't know about Basuma is that he looks for that little pass into the box. So he might just hover around on the edge and he just slip that little reverse ball in on the edge of the box. Not really seen that much of him before. Um, from that, didn't know I had that in his locker. Um, but the way he just glides around the pitch, you know, like I said, so composed. He gives himself so much time. Um, and, and that's a sign of a good, good player when they just give themselves time on the ball. Uh, he's, like I said, another one, always got his head up, always looking for a pass. Um, just want to see him get that goal. Like he, 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 he sort of glided into the box today, didn't he? Got a shot away. Keeper made a save, but I just want to see Basuma at the back of the net now. I think that would just take, just like top his start to the season off if he can nick a goal from it. Rick, let's come to you. Um, comment on screen now. Did you guys notice how Kulusevski was doing a great uh, job in the number eight position, creating chances with the creativity? <clears throat> Should Kulusevski start in that position against Arsenal? Um, and then also, going to go back to my point, in the 21st minute, Hunmin Son with a shot um, at the goalkeeper from 20 yards. Good save from the goalkeeper. What have you made of uh, Hunmin Son in that central position? Of course, he scored a hat-trick last time out against Burnley. Yeah, I mean, I love Sonny in that position. You can see that he he's kind of his dribble and his leadership and his passing range as well as his scoring. You know, <clears throat> he, he, he looks fantastic for that. And you, when they talk about Ange having a number nine who sacrifices himself for the team, well, Sonny's that type of player anyway. Do you know what I mean? He, he would happily sacrifice himself for the team to put somebody else in on goal and as long as we're winning fan, fantastic do you know what I mean or as long as we're the ones that are scoring fantastic I think Sonny's fan you know he's one of my favorite players Sonny I, I mean I'm, I'm wearing I've got Sonny on me back <laughs> got, got Sonny on me back all right I mean I don't know if you can see that because this chair's so low um but that's a different story um but yeah no I I, I love Sonny to bits man and you can you can see that week in week out that he's growing in his in his leadership role as well you know and and, and he's taking things um up a level little bit by little bit but today is again it is it's one it's going that today was probably Sonny's one of Sonny's hardest games do you know what I mean because you you, you can't get there's too many people behind the ball for him to get like a clean through ball or to run in behind without being offside and stuff like that. Because there's just, 
they 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 were camped in their own half and they're very battle weary do you know what i mean they're battle hardened the sheffield united boys you know you, you could see up until they scored really up until uh, sheffield united scored that they were just like 10 men behind the ball shoulder to shoulder you know swinging in tackles left right and center and blocking shots left right and center so today for a player like Donny, who's more technical than physical, you know, it was going to be difficult for him. But he stood, he still stood up and he still led by example and he still was putting, you know, people in on goal and keeping that ball moving. He was still bright, he was still nippy. Uh, he still got a few shots off. Um, they weren't typical Sonny goals because, again, you know, the, the closing down on him was pretty rapid from Sheffield United's point of view. So, um, I, I love I love Sonny there. It was always going to be a tough game for Sonny today, um, but I love him there, and I, I I would start him there again, you know. But right now with Richie and that goal by Richie today, I think that that's going to invigorate him. That's going to give him some belief. And even when he goes and speaks to his psychologist next week, because I'm assuming it's a weekly thing, if not daily, you know, he's gonna his whole energy and his whole makeup is going to be different. And and listening to Ange and following, you know the what the doctors are saying to him as well right now not only is he involved but he's making an impact do you know what i mean so that's only going to be encouraging we've got options we've got a technical number nine and we've got a, a, a you know a brazilian powerhouse who's not afraid of a tackle a challenge to put his head on things so right now this is what we wanted to see as all tottenham fans you know we, we wanted to have options up front we wanted to be able to change the game you know um so it, it's all positive it's all bright mate and and it's we haven't even started yet we haven't even got to the place where everybody's doing it automatically telepathically you know and said the other day he's still driving do you know what i mean so we still got a long way to go you know and this is only the beginning ricky is this the first podcast then that we talk about all the options that spurs have got up front and without talking about that certain person that left for Bayern munich I mean, I don't, who, who, who are you talking about? I don't know That's what you're it. talking That'll about. Do. That'll do. That'll <laughs> do. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Chris, let's come to you. Um, now, in the 24th minute, Romero, quick pass to Madison. He ran with the ball, shot straight at the goalkeeper. A minute later, Vicario made a great save. Uh, the offside flag went up. A couple of minutes later, Solomon shot the goalkeeper, saved by the goalkeeper. Uh, in the 39th minute, Solomon cross, Hunmin Sen, Son, header just wide. What have you made of uh, Solomon in a Spurs yeah. shirt so far? I was just about to say, because going back to that previous answer, I mean, I think a more natural, if if Richarlison can fulfil his potential, if this is a start of, you know, a kind of breakthrough, I think I think arguably we're stronger with Son out on the left and, and Richie up top. But the beneficiary of what's happened over the last few weeks is Solomon, because he was in that first half today. I mean, I was right now, he's at the heart of everything we did. And again, that's a player that, I wasn't hugely excited about when we made that signing, but you already you're seeing potential there. And what what difference a manager can make? Okay, players obviously they they've got to take responsibility for their own development. But sorry again to mention Poch, but what we saw with Deli Ali to sign and be thrown straight into the team, mm-hmm. um, having the manager's full backing, and, and what we're seeing there with Solomon getting an opportunity now starting games and today in the, in that first half arguably that seemed like the most creative player on the pitch and you know he got five goals in the Premier League for Fulham last year for, you know for a 
that's not that's not a bad return for the position he's in and for a club that isn't going to be like you know right up there punching away so mm. there's something about him that that i'm like that i'm really beginning to like as i say i haven't seen today i listened to it thoroughly and it, 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 he hurt certainly in that first half he seemed to be at the heart of everything so that again bodes bodes really well of a, of a player i think might have found the right club might have found the right manager um and can kick on a level yeah i've, I've I'm liking what I'm seeing and hearing from her over these last few weeks. So that's what's that three in a row you started now. If you include that that Fulham game, um, his fourth club started against Burnley, starts again today, and um, really good first half from him. You, you know what, Chris? On 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 Solomon, you know, I think one of the biggest things, the differences between him and Hill, was the strength on the ball. Did you see him shielding mm. the ball as well? It wasn't just the dribbling or the technical. It it was a, at a point those big burly Sheffield United defenders was all over him and he just backed in and he held the ball and I think that's the maybe the biggest difference between him and someone like Brian Hill who would get you know pushed off the ball mm. yeah as I said I didn't see it but that's that's it's great to hear if he's you know if he's mm. got that toughness about him um because Sheffield United is from that perspective going to be one of the toughest games you're going to play isn't it um they're never not going to make it easy at all um and yeah, so I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing in, in a lot of these players. And I, I think I've, I think I probably underestimated some of the signings we made. And I think, again, that's down to Ange getting, getting more than perhaps the best out of them this early on. And, and the point Ricky just made that those comments were really interesting from, from Ange earlier in the week that, you know, he's, he's still kind of telling players what to do. It's not, it's not a natural thing necessarily for them yet. But when they, when they do get into that stride, I'd love it if we, if we get into that position that I've only ever really seen under Poch, where you're going to most games thinking, yeah, if we play our best, we're going to win this because mm. we're good enough to. And all the players know what they're supposed to be doing. They really get what the manager's asking them to do. And they want to do it because it's an enjoyable, expressive way to play the game of football. So, yeah, so many positives from these these first five games. But obviously, it is only five games. Yeah, and Postacoglio after the game said Richie got his uh, rewards today. Hopefully that gives him a bit more of a settled feel to deal with the other areas in his life. For everyone, it's about not letting it overwhelm you. Um, Michael, let's come to you. Um, in the 40th minute, great work from Solomon again to Madison, who mm. shot wide. And then just before half-time, the goalkeeper, the Sheffield United goalkeeper, um, got a yellow card for handling outside the box. What did you make of that incident? And then what did you make of, uh, or how are you feeling at half-time with it being nil-nil? But well, the incident itself, I, you know, a yellow card, I thought it was given because it wasn't a goal-scoring opportunity as such. It wasn't going towards goal. That's why I think it was yellow cards. Um, there were some crazy yellow cards all game, wasn't there? There were some that were warranted. There were some given that weren't warranted. I think there was, was there 12 in the end or 11 in the end? Yellow cards dished out. Um, in the end, the yellow cards, it was chaos. The ref didn't, I didn't think the ref knew what was going on in the end. Uh, it was so frustrating, some of them. Van der Vens as well, I thought that was a bit, that was that frustrated me anyway. I don't think he'd done much wrong. Uh, there was a couple of times, like I said, when they didn't go, where they, you know, something didn't get punished. Um, but yeah, so, you know, he, he's handled it out of the box and got a yellow card. Half time, I was happy with the football. I think the football was good. I think we did probe a lot. I thought Madison was brilliant. On the turn, he was looking for something every time he got the ball. Like we've already touched on, Solomon, uh, Solomon was really good. I thought everything was coming down his side. He was the constant threat. Um, trickery and pace in the Premier League is, is massive and you know he's got that in abundance like he's got so much speed and trickery um, you know he's always going to get inside and get that shot off he can also go on the outside and get the crosses in um, so for me Solomon was was superb but uh, yeah half time I was I was okay with the football frustrated that we didn't go one new up uh, you know I thought it, it, it could be one of them days 
Um, but you know, we, at half time, there's so much so long of the game to go. I thought Spurs would then eventually use their quality in, in the end, and, and then maybe with a few changes, we'll get the game done. Didn't expect to go sort of one nil down in the second half, that's for sure. Um, didn't deserve to, you know, it was a, just a small lapse in concentration in the box, wasn't it? Uh, from a long throw, it felt like one of them days where you knew, like, you know, they were doing the dark arts and wasting time. You just thought, oh, you know, they're gonna score, it's gonna happen. And when the goal went in, I was thinking, yeah, that's you know. It's, it's, it's happened. Uh, but like Rick said, you know, there was plenty of time after that to get back in the game. And with the 12 extra minutes, luckily, we found that that, uh, that winning goal. But um, yeah, in a half time, I was still calm. You know, I thought, you know, we, we can win the game. But um, yeah, we didn't deserve to go in nil-nil for me. You're on mute, Chris. You're on mute and the dog's going. <laughs> <laughs> there you are. Um, another quote here from Andrew Foster Coglu. It would have been easy for supporters to get frustrated, but I think that they're seeing in this team um, when things don't go to script, the team try to play the kind of football that they want to see. Um, Ricky, let's come to you. In the 55th minute, Kulusevski had a shot blocked. Um, the most, or he's run the most uh, kilometres in the Premier League, not just for Tottenham, but every Premier League side this season. Um, he seems to be working extremely hard. What did you make of his performance today? I think he's loving it. And I think that he, he's another one who's up for a fight. He's not afraid of a fight. Do you know what I mean? He's got some good feet, twinkle toes at times, but he, he loves the run and he loves the dribble and he loves, he, he loves to find the man, Do you, you know? Um, but it was so nice for Kulu to kind of, after having a bit of a roller coaster last year and not starting on fire this year, he's just grown into himself and you can see him expressing himself more. You can see him opening up more and <clears throat> he scored before the, the international break as well, didn't he? So he's like, he's, I think he scored before, before we left uh, in the 5-2 and then he scored on international duty and he's come back and he scored the winner today. I mean, fantastic from Kulu. You know, that's only going to give him even more belief um, and e even more energy going into the next game and the next game after that and the next game after that. Do you know what I mean? It's so nice. We saw when we bought him what a player Kulu is um, and, and, and how it takes a couple of games for him to get up to speed. But once he's up to speed, that's it. He's flying. And I, I think we're getting there with Kulu. And, and, you know, bringing in Brennan Johnson, again, competition for places. But he, he's been at Juventus where... They done that. They bought him for a, a big price. You know, they said that they believed in him and then he was playing second fiddle and then he was just, you know, playing impact sub. And I think at this stage at Tottenham, you know, he's got the spot and I think, he, you know, he doesn't want to lose it. And having a quality player in Johnson being on the bench, having somebody that offers something in his pace and his technical ability and, 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 and what he brings to the side, I think that is also given a bit of a kind of motivation to be like, no, this is my spot and I'm going to try and cement it. Do you know what I mean? I'm going to go out there to show the boss, not only can I do everything that you're asking me to do, but I can also fight and I can also get on the end of things and I can also grab your winner. So fantastic for Kulu. Long may it continue, man. Chris, let's come to you. In the 66th minute, um, Solomon shot over the bar and in the 73rd minute, Sheffield United took the lead through Hamer going 1-0 up. What were you thinking at that point? Because, of course, many people around me were saying it's that curse of winning the Manager of the Month award, you know, losing the game. Were you thinking the same? I, I, I was really, I was genuinely thinking all of those things, all of those things. Yeah. Because, yeah. because, I mean, I, I was happy at half time. 
you know, you know it's going to be a tough game. You know Sheffield United are going to make it nasty. Um, but it sounded like, okay, a lot, a lot of the shots we were having were from distance, but we were we were dominating the game. Uh, but the, from the very start of the second half, it was just horrible. The time-wasting, um, the other stuff going on I mentioned with the weird two balls ending up on the pitch three times. Oh, and when, yeah, when Sheffield United, we, we really hadn't done anything in the second half at the point that they took the lead. Um, and I just thought, yeah, this is it. This is where the bubble bursts against a team that keeps seem to like getting one over on us. It's happened a lot the last few seasons. Um, and I wasn't convinced that we were going to have the quality necessary among our subs to, to come on and, and change the game. But the fact that um, and timed those substitutions to perfection in the end, I thought it was too late, but he got it spot on. The fact that pretty much every player that came on made an impact. But yeah, I, I had lost the faith, I had to admit, because it just seemed like the typical kind of one nil smash and grab against those kind of opponents that's going to burst a bubble just when we don't need it burst, you know, a week before one of the biggest games of the season. Um, so, yeah, I have to admit, I was, I'd kind of given up, but it's great to see again, and the comments on the, on the screen that you put on the, in the stadium, it, it didn't seem that way that, you know, the, the, the fans were still showing that belief that this, this is a team that has the quality to get back into the, into the game and and the facts as ricky said earlier that we didn't just equalize in the 90 plus eight minute and think that's great we've got a one-all draw that we then carried on trying to win it which you would not see from many premier league clubs from many premier league managers um it's that's, it's brilliant it's brilliant because this is a fixture no disrespect to them Sheffield united at home that you've got to be trying to win and that you've got to be trying to win even in the 90 plus eight minute when you just equalized and we did it, we went for it and we got our, you know, full rewards. Brilliant. But yeah, I was, I was, I was so, so down at one nil. I really thought, yeah, this is it. I couldn't see a way back. I have to admit. Michael, in the 86th minute, it looked like we had an equalizer, um, but of course it was disallowed. In the 89th minute, Richarlison uh, header over the bar and then, of course, Richarlison got mm. us the equaliser in the 98th minute. Um, I tell you what, Richarlison has had a very, very difficult week. He's, he's spoken openly this week yeah. um, about mental health problems. Um, I'm so pleased for him. What have you made of his time in a Spurs shirt? What have you made of his time this season? In a Spurs shirt, he, you know, I think he knows he needs to do more. He, he knows that from the from the you know the 60 million pound transfer that you know when he come through the door. He'll be the first one to admit, and he has admitted publicly that he needs to do more um, himself. But today, that you know, football can be can be bad, but it can also be great for you. You know, when you need that lift, and I, like I said earlier in the show, if you can handpick a, an end into the game, that would be the one for me today. I know Brennan Johnson with a goal disallowed would have been would have been great, but for me, Richardson getting on the score sheet and then getting the assist for the winner, if you could handpick a finish to the game, that was the perfect perfect finish for the fans, for Richardson, for the club. Um, I was I went absolutely crazy when he got that header. Um, you know, obviously when it's gone in and then you realise it's for Charleston, he's oh, I, was, I was over the moon for them for him. Uh, like I said before, he needed it and we needed it, and that is only going to do him good in the future. Hopefully, he can kick on from today um, and get himself in the sides and and start putting the ball in the back of the net. Mark, would you have full faith in Richardson going forward this season? 
given the opportunities, yeah, I think he can. He, he, you know, football is, is a confidence game, isn't it? You know, and anything we can do or he can do to build his confidence, um, he's only gonna he's only gonna do him the world of goods. Um, you know, strikers need goals, uh, and then the confidence flows. So hopefully, he can go on from this, and you know, if he can nick one at you know at the Emirates next week, oh, that'd be seems be chaos, absolutely chaos. Ricky, talk me through what you were doing when Kulisewski scored Tottenham Hotspur's winner in the 100th minute today. <laughs> Mate, uh, <laughs> you already know, Brad. I was, already, I was up on my feet, mate. I was up on my feet and I was doing the jiggle dance. I don't know what this is. I don't know what this is, but this is what was happening. I was like, come on, you... Sp-. I was going mental and yeah. and still trying to stay quiet within the house as well. Do you know what I mean? But it, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. But, mate, I was going mental. Uh, we, so, we so deserved it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And I think everybody today on that field got exactly what they, they deserved. Sheffield United got the goal that they deserved at the time they did it for playing the way that they did. But they lost the game for the style and for what they were doing and all the dark arts and all of the things that, you know, they didn't come out to play football. They came out to frustrate. They came out to kick. They came out to sit on the floor. They came out to have hamstrings and they came out to waste time and do all of those things. So, you know, for all of the criticism that I had of the referees or the officials during the match, for them to give us that 12 minutes, which was deserved... You know, that's not it's, that's, that's not them overplaying it. That was deserved, you know. And for us to kind of get our own back, not only get back into the game, but to go for the winner, thoroughly, thoroughly deserved. And from Kulu as well. He's such mm. a good player. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes, there's times where, you know, we've all been on here and, and criticised him, you know, for maybe being too left-sided um, or maybe doing the obvious pass or the obvious trick. But he's a quality player, man. And and I think we all want him to do well. We all want to see him reach, you know, his, his full potential and to go out there and, and be a main man. You know, I don't think any any fan on any any kind of podcast or, or opinion-based show wants to slag off their own team, you know, just, just to slag them off, just to get a headline or just to get, a I don't know, a, 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 a click or a like or whatever. Do you know what I mean? I, I've always won from the top to the bottom. Do you know what I mean? My my players and, and my team to do the best that they can possibly do. And so to see Kulu do that, do that, and then get the winner, my gosh. After the back of a Richarlison goal, my gosh. Fantastic. Fan Davy Dozy, as my dad would say. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm telling you, bro. What, what a way to kind of round off that game. Everybody got exactly what they deserved. Charlie got a, a, a goal and an assist, uh, you know, so not only the one that got us back into the game, but provided the winner. Mm-hmm. Kulu got a goal for all of his hard work for the 90 minutes, playing from right wing, going going inside to a number eight. You know, um, you know the, the everybody, everybody got what they deserved, man. You know, uh, the, the yellow card, the red card from McBurney, does everything mm-hmm. deserve, deserve. It worked itself out in the end, didn't it? It worked It'll, itself mm-hmm. out. It worked itself out, and thank goodness, because how many times have we watched the game and we've felt, and that's what it is, our, the last three, four seasons, we've all been beaten into the ground with, like, that, that negative Tottenham, do you know what I mean? And, mm. and so we all have a bit of cynicism in, in our soul when it gets to those things and we can see it going that way. We're like, all right, come on, all right, come on, and then they score off of it, and you're like, oh, you, you know, so we've all got that inside of us. But like I said, it's shifting, man. It's shifting. These boys are not stopping. 
and nor should we fans. Do you know what I mean? Carry on shouting, carry on believing, carry on clapping, carry on singing, carry on backing the boys in the high and in the low, and who knows? That's it. Chris, just come to you. Of course, our next game is next weekend. It is the North London derby, Arsenal away. It is a game that I am normally excited for. I normally uh, fear that game. Um, all sorts of different emotions. How do you approach that game as a fan, um, particularly when, um, when going to the Emirates in Premier League history, we have only ever won there once. Mm. Also in Premier League history, we have only won at Highbury once. So we have only beaten Arsenal away twice in Premier League history since 1992. Um, what does Ange Postecoglou do to win that game next week? Don't tell the players those stats. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> to start. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, it's a terrible record, and actually, in the, in, the, in in recent seasons, it, the manner of the performance there as well has just been just been awful, hasn't it? We've had so many games in recent times where it feels like we haven't even really competed. But I know that that I'm pretty convinced that isn't going to be the case next week. Um, Arsenal haven't looked as good as they did last season. Mm. Early on, they've yeah. already drawn at home with Fulham. Narrow wins over Forest at home, Palace away. Very lucky to win that Man U game. Could easily have lost it. Um, they've got Everton tomorrow away. Interesting to see what happens there. And then they've got Champions League match at home Wednesday night, PSV Eindhoven. Not the toughest opponent, but obviously a massive deal for them to be back in the Champions League. It's a, it's a home game. You have to win your home games really in the Champions League. They're going to have to put everything into that match. We've got a clear week. Um, we've got to be optimistic. We've got to think we're going to go there with a better chance than we have at least for the last few years. Um, as I've said, I, I'm pretty convinced we're going to see a performance. That's what I really hope for, because we've not had many of those at the Emirates. Um, can't deny, obviously, they're a very, very good team. It's going to be a re one of the hardest fixtures of the season, but perfect way to go into it. Perfect, you know, per winning like that today is even better than just winning 2 0, isn't it? Like a straightforward 2 0 win or whatever. Winning like that is just an absolute buzz. I mean, it's the first time a, a team's kind of played that way against us. It, it was a different kind of test to come through today. And we found a way to pass it, to pass a different test, which, you know, even under, even under Poch, a lot of those games were the ones where it kind of did go wrong when there was a blip. We found a different way. We kind of found a different way by still sticking to our same principles. Don't know if that makes sense. We won a different game, I guess, is what I'm saying. We've come through a different kind of test. And I know, obviously, Arsenal's going to be more more like the kind of test that we've largely already passed this season. So I'm as confident as I can be um, going into one of the the toughest games. And I'm pretty confident it's going to be a much better performance than we've seen there in, in recent times. It, it's just, you couldn't be going into it in a better mood among the fans, among the players. This is the perfect way to go into that game. So let's just hope, come on. Come on, give us a rare, rare win uh, in a away North London derby. Come on, it, was, it would just be amazing. Chris, I'd be surprised if Everton beat Arsenal tomorrow um, at Goodison Park. So both teams could go into the game, uh, both unbeaten. Uh, you know what I'm going to ask? I'm going to ask you for a score prediction. Um, and do you think Ange Postacoglu ought to go with the same team as well? I think he will. I mean, it's, I was just noticing now, actually, that, that's the fourth game in a row where it's been unchanged, isn't it? So... I think after the first game, Porro came in for Emerson. Um, Saar came in for Skips. They play a slightly different role, but he kind of benefits from from that. So you've got Vicario, Romero, Van der Ven, Adogi, Basuma, Kulisevsky, Madison and Son who have started every game. You've, you've now got Saar, 
He's, and Poro have started all but the first one. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't. I guess the I guess the biggest debate would be whether you you change it up again and you do bring Richardson back in. Um, I don't think that will happen. I think I think it will be unchanged. But you know, a lot can happen in the week on the training ground. Benefit as well to have the full week to look at all of that. He hasn't got to think about. You know, I'm kind of. It feels really odd, doesn't it, to have these full weeks to kind of look at it and go, "Oh, that's that's it. That's the fixture list." Like I'm looking at it. Oh, we've only got Arsenal and Liverpool in September. Then you look ahead to October, and it's Luton, Palace, and Fulham. And you're thinking, "Wow, if we can get, if we could come through these two unbeaten or four points, and then go into those games against teams that you know, no disrespect to any of them, and they're all London derbies with different challenges." But that's a that's a good that's a decent looking October if we can get. Mm-hmm these next two unbeaten ahead into those yeah I, I don't think there'll be certainly don't think there'll be many changes and I wouldn't be surprised if it's, if it's like you sound like you're getting carried away as well Chris I love it <laughs> Michael what's your score prediction for next week um, I, I'm going to say a draw I'm going to say a 1-1 draw and, and I'll be happy with that to be honest obviously I'd love to go there and beat them I'd love Ange Postecoglou to take that Spurs side to the, to the Emirates and beat them um, and come away with all three points but being realistic, I think we can go there and just compete, show up. And, and you know, in the, over the years gone by, we've gone there and just collapsed. We've gone there with form and collapsed. Um, but like Chris just said, going into that game after today's result and the, and the manner of the win, um, you know, we've got a chance. They, they haven't started on all, firing on all cylinders. We know that. But they are a very good side. Uh, but for me, if we can just get in and get out with a point, I'll be over the moon. Take that for Liverpool coming up. Michael, realistically, I know all of us are Spurs fans. We all want the best for our football club. But what is the real difference at the moment between Spurs and Arsenal? Just, I think they've had longer together. You think Arteta's had four or five seasons now, you know, to, to put across his, his methods and his mentality. Um, and it's only really took off the last year or two, isn't it? So he's had a lot longer to bed in with them players. Um, they, they're, not, they're not shy of buying a few players either, are they? Let's be honest. They will spend the money. Uh, where needed, whereas we will spend the money, but it might take a little bit longer or, or not spend the money at all. So uh, for me, Arsenal do their transfers the right way um, and they get in what they need. Sometimes it doesn't pay off for them. Um, but yeah, I think it's just, a, just the, the duration of time that, that Arteta has been with his squad is, is, the, is the main difference. There's no reason why Ange and this squad can't get to that level um, in the same amount of time, um, especially after the way he started. He started like a train. So where are we going to be in three, four seasons' time under Ange? You know, hopefully we're up there competing and, and, and trying to win trophies. Don't mind about three years, Michael. Where are we going to be in three weeks and three months? I tell <laughs> yeah. you, it's, it's great at the moment. It's, Ricky, it's, it's honestly, it's, it's flying, isn't it? Ricky, how are you feeling ahead of next week? Because it does feel good, doesn't it, to go into a North London derby, such a huge game, unbeaten, <clears> and the way that we have won today. It feels it feels amazing, bro. We, we go in it. We go into it with the momentum, the fans, the energy on our back. Do you know what I mean? We go in into it with with rhythm and pace and belief. You know, so there's nothing stopping us. You know, uh, like the boss has said, no ceilings or floors when we're going up against them. We know that it's always a war against the Gooners. It's always a war, and it's never over. You know, until that final wish whistle is blown. It's never, 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 never over. Do you know what I mean? So, and as we've seen by these first couple of games, these first four or five games, we never stop, we never quit, we never give up. Do you know what I mean? So, bro, I, I'm actually really excited. I'm actually really kind of believing in the boys. I can't wait for it to tell you the truth. The majority of the time, I'm like, mm, 
yeah, yeah. I, but I can't wait for it uh, because, like I said, like and, and like Chris was saying earlier there, you know, ever since the Chelsea manager gave us that that belief that we can go into any game and win, that's where I am right now. And I and I to tell you the truth, I think we're in a better position from front to back. You know, this whole side is new, it's fresh. Uh, we've already spoken about how Basuma wasn't playing and how you know uh, Saar wasn't playing and. It, it, this this whole side is fresh, and what I would say is forget yesterday, as in forget last season and the seasons before that. Forget Highbury, forget the Emirates, forget all of that. Believe in the boys, and remember, no ceilings or floors. And we will go there, and we will go to war, and we will put in some of the fight that we put in today, and we'll put in some of the technical ability that we put in against Burnley, and we'll put in some of the tenacity that we've done against Man United. Do you know what I mean? And we'll put in the never say mm. die that we did against Brentford. You know, look at the signs. Look at the signs of this Tottenham side. I, I don't care getting carried away. I can get it. I, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be that fan. And I don't mind it. But look at the evidence from your own eyes. The only thing that's holding us back right now, in our heads and our hearts, is the cynicism and what the past says. Forget the past. Under Ange, we're in a new era. You know, it's a new era. It's a new beginning for this side. And uh, it's a young side. And they, every single week, every time they play in the league under and you can see them getting fitter, stronger, quicker, and, and, and believing in, in the way and in what's being asked of them. And they're enjoying it. They've all got a smile on their face. They're not shy of a fight, you know. So going in against the Gooners, bro, I can't wait. I cannot wait, you know. I can't wait for Basuma to, to, to be laughing at the end of the game again. It, it, you know, the, the chance Declan Rice missed. Do you know what I mean? Like, I can't wait for those memes to come up, mate. I can't wait because it's going to happen. It's going to happen. We're going to war, bruv. Well, I tell you what, I feel like it's a new era on this podcast with everyone smiling constantly. And uh, let me just say, Ricky, Basuma was dancing at the end of this game today. So it was great to Get see. Um, Chris, thanks so much for joining us again. I've got to go because the stadium is now closed. So uh, before I get escorted out by security, um, yeah. please tell everyone where they can find you on social media, what you're up to at the moment. Yeah, I'm at Chris Slegg. If you do ever want to buy that book about the 94-95 uh, season under Klinsman, it's called uh, The Team That Dared To Do. Uh, thanks. It's been great to be on after a win. And I love what Ricky said earlier. I want one day to see Jose Mourinho manage Sheffield United. It'll be <laughs> perfect fit. But great result today. Come on, you Spurs. Let's go into that North London derby and get something. Come on. Come on. Great to have you back, Chris. Thanks so much. And Michael, great to have you on for the very first time. And hopefully we can get you back on in the very near future. Please tell everyone where uh, they can find you and tell everyone about that Tottenham feed that, that you've created. How long has that been going? How did it all start? Uh, so I basically started it sort of 2021. It started as a Facebook group, actually, that Tottenham group. Um, and we built it up to sort of, my, well, my sister sort of manages that now. So we built it up till, till about 30, I think it's 34,000 uh, group members now. Uh, on that one and then I decided that, that Twitter was a platform for, for me to, to sort of spread out into um, I like my, my page is all about opinions people's opinions uh, review, like views polls reactions to games um, I'm always asking the fan base for their for their views and I literally try and read every single comment that comes on my page um, it's, it's doing really well it's got up to sort of 19,000 now uh, followers my aim at the beginning, I said to my wife, I want to fill the South Stand with followers. If I can get to 17K, I'll be over the moon. Uh, and, I, and I passed that a few months ago. So, you know, onwards and upwards. Uh, but thanks for having me. It's been brilliant. And uh, thanks to the guys for welcoming me. Michael, Michael, thank you so much. And Ricky, lovely to have you back. I love this version of Ricky Norwood this season. 
Uh, you're going to be back after the North London derby. And I tell you what, I hope both of us are smiling then. Mate, I can't wait. I cannot wait. It's been an honour and a pleasure as always. It's been great to be on with the boys. It's been great to be on with you guys. Great opinions. Great show. Great energy. And um, I didn't even give you my prediction for the Gooners. I'm going 3-2, by the way. 3-2 Tottenham, mate. That's what I'm going for. That's what I'm going for. I don't care. <laughs> and we're going to be singing. We're going to be smiling in the next pod, brother. So don't you worry. Um, I will double up again. I didn't tell you about my lucky shirt. So I've got the sunny shirt on, but I've got the Jonesy uh, Ginola 14 shirt underneath. So Ginola above my heart. Sonny on the back. I'll be wearing it next week. So double luck. We're having it. Let's go for it. Come on, you Spurs. You keep wearing those shirts, Ricky, I tell you. Um, thank you so much to everybody who has watched this podcast so far. Um, I've just looked at the numbers. 21,000 people have watched Woo! the podcast so far during uh, the hour and 25 that we've been on. So thank you so much for all of your support. Um, if you don't subscribe already, please do hit that subscribe button. And uh, we will see you next week after the Arsenal game at the Emirates Stadium. Come on. Thanks so much for all of your support. Chris, Ricky, Michael, thank you so much. Thank you. And we'll see you again soon. Come on, you Spurs. Come on! The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.